There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. Have you ever wondered what a transformed community would look like? Have you ever wondered what it would be like if all demonic activity was removed from your city? It would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? You'd have peace in the streets. You would have a spirit of unity that takes place. People would be prospering. Well, when Jesus gave the disciples the instructions to go ye therefore into the nations, that had to do with societal transformation as well. So stay tuned as we dive in to talk about how to cast out a nation's demons. So welcome to our podcast, Occupying Force, with your hosts, Richard and Kimberly Wilson. Once again, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other people. Just tell them to go wherever they listen to podcasts and put in Occupying Force. We also encourage you to go to our website, watchmenarise.com. In episode 19, we're going to talk to you about casting out a nation's demons. So last week, we talked about the Great Commission in detail. You can listen to that one, The Lamb's Inheritance, and hear about how Jesus gave executive orders to his disciples on how to manage the earth that he was given rulership over. And with that, in the Mark 16 passage, there's a portion in there that we're going to focus on today, and it's in Mark 16, 15 to 17. I'm going to read it for you. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. That's what we're going to talk about today. As we begin to talk about it, we can talk about some of the problems we see. We're going to look a little bit at what we call a successful church in America today. And don't take it wrong. I mean, we love the church. I pastored 23 years. But what happens too many times is the measurement of the success of a church in America has to do with numerical growth. It has to do with the construction of new buildings. And it just goes on and on and on. Then it has to do with programs and events and all of these activities and filling up the calendar. And again, we're, we're not against that. It's just what God has in mind in terms of discipling nations. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take a different perspective. If you look Jesus and the disciples' lives and you based it on what we consider church success today, they would have been failures. So we just want to do a little bit of perspective change, not to be critical, but to get you and our listeners and maybe spread the word with us that the kingdom of God is large and God really does have a plan that he wants that will cause his kingdom to be expressed all around. You know, so many times we feel like societal transformation will happen when we pray for revival. If revival will just break out, it's going to change my city. And what we've experienced through various revivals that we've been part of is that the revival deeply affects those that come, you know, week after week, night after night, and are touched by God in those things. But so often we don't see where a community is actually transformed. I mean, we were affected by revivals that have happened in the last 20 years. 
whether we wanted to talk about Toronto, whether we wanted to talk about Rodney Howard Brown, whether we wanted to talk about Pensacola revival, all those things important. They were important to us. Our lives were touched. The culture of local church that I pastored for 23 years, the culture of that church was absolutely changed. And it was something that God was doing. So don't hear us being critical. What we're saying is we are in a now new season and God has something in mind to make his name famous, not just inside the doors of the church, but literally out into communities. So let's dive into this passage where Jesus said that you will cast out demons. And in the context of a nation, the demons can be looked at as cultural sin or oppression that's taking place there. And so he tells them, go in and cast these things out. Well, how do you do that out of a city? That's a little bit interesting instruction that he gave to him. But let's talk about oppression and cultural sin. So often these things are just learned behaviors that have happened in a community. So it's passed down from generation to generation. Perhaps there's not a good biblical moral standard that is common in that particular territory. And so we see where it's perpetuated. Moms to children, children to their children, and so on and so forth. Other times there's a demonic stronghold. And this happens when there's cultural sin that takes place that becomes very deeply rooted. And we see this often when a sin structure is operating for three generations. You'll see a stronghold that develops there. And then next thing you know, you got a power principality that's ruling in a city. But there are some things that we can do that can begin to diffuse these things and cast these demonic structures out of our communities. The first thing, and we always have this as a basis, is prayer. Prayer and prophetic proclamation. A church can measure its success by effectively dealing with the spiritual forces of darkness that are oppressing not just individuals, but both groups and cultures. One of the things that we can look at with this is how to tear down strongholds. And Paul gives us a clue to this in 2 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to start in verse 3 and read through 6. He said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. And so with that, we can assess the things that are going on. What are those lofty things that have raised up in your community? What are those things that are irregular thoughts, illogical thoughts that are going on? These are things that we want to pray against and begin to declare that there's going to be a reversal of these mindsets that are in a community. So we see here, I mean, they literally become fortresses. And Paul mentions the whole thing in Ephesians chapter 6, where, you know, our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spirits of wickedness. So once again, just clarifying that, well, these fortresses are there, they're demonic fortresses, and they could have been going on for a very long time. So as we talk about casting out demons today, we fully believe in the casting out of demons an individual person. 
can't read the accounts of Jesus and not recognize he cast out those demons. Right. I mean, even in Jesus himself, he, that's what he told the disciples to do, cast out demons. But many times we just look at it from the standpoint of one person. But what we're looking at today is that which has to do with casting demons out, out of a territory, out of a region. So when we talk about that in terms of territorial, we'll just call them principalities, if you want to call them demons, but these are big boys, then one person can't do that. It takes literally a group of people. So there's got to be, we'll call it a grace for unity in a region where people can come together, whether it has to do with, yes, we want pastors, but we want also prayer leaders. We want those that are watchmen. We want those that are even worshipers. We want those people that are even in business arenas that see what's going on to be able to come together and just say, Look at what's going on in our city. Look at these things. We, we recognize something's wrong here. And then be willing to come together as one under the blood and say, okay, Jesus, how can we partner with you in defeating this enemy of God's that is absolutely affecting everything that goes on in our city? So we've got to recognize this need for unity and begin to... We've talked about in other episodes, begin to look for divine connections, be intentional about looking for relationships that we can watch God put together this team that's graced with his unity to begin doing something about casting out the demons in our regions. So another area to look at is research. It's important to have good information and research about the darkness so you understand where the strongholds are. What we can do is we can worship and pray without ever positively influencing culture if we don't understand the target that we're addressing. So to see results, our focus must be on an outward examination of culture. So if you have a area that is just drug infested, there's murders, there's things that go on there, it's very corrupt, that can be a target for intercession because there's obviously something that's ruling in that area that's causing that type of activity to take place. So we call that, you're looking for the root. Right. What is the root cause of those things that you see then? Many times you'll think the manifestations that are taking place are the root, but many times they're not the root. They're, it's just we want to have informed research asking the Holy Spirit to show us, okay, what is the actual root? So if there's fruit, there's a root. Daniel, he had some understanding in how to go in and decipher what was going on when everyone in Israel was carried captive to Babylon. And he began to really seek the Lord, seek the scriptures, and started to see a pattern that was going on with his nation, his people, Israel, that needed to be addressed. And we see in Daniel chapter 9 where he discovers you know, Moses said this, he said that, and you know, Israel, you just blew God off and you decided to go in your own rebellious way. And I love what he said in chapter 9, verse 13. He says, As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come up on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to your truth. Daniel, with that, began to have an understanding of, I need to stand in a place of what we call identification repentance and 
and stand on in behalf of his nation. And he did that and sought the Lord and went to battle. And so many of us know about the 21 day fast that he did. We call it a Daniel fast in some circles, but really he spent 21 days to discover what really was the holdup and what was the power and principality that was ruling over their area and keeping them in bondage. So it goes on in verse 13 of chapter 10, after Daniel saw it, it was revealed to him what was withstanding Israel. And it was shown to him that the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding him for 21 days. And then it says, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me for I had been there with the king of Persia. And so we see that there's a strategy that God gave him and also opened his eyes of understanding that this war is way bigger than just you, Daniel, deciding to do the repentance on behalf of your nation. There is a lot of warfare that's going on in the spiritual realm that you're not aware of, but God sent the answer to him. So we recognize in this that then if we're talking about people coming together in unity, they can write down, these are the things that we see going on. These are the problems here. Where is the church involved in that problem? Where is the sin going on? When they recognize that, then, like you said, they can take the place of repentance, confession, however the Holy Spirit leads them, and then continue having dialogue with Holy Spirit. So in this case, it was literally God took the initiative to come and say, Daniel, let me show you what's going on in the heavenlies. So we have a manifestation that takes place in the material, but then it's always something's going on in the place of the eternals. So we recognize that man always does something, some sin that then opens a door that we've already talked about can be going on for generations by some kind of sin habit or whatever. And then those principalities can take root. And so we recognize here that, okay, the principality was Prince of Persia, but God's involved in that. So God's involved with us in this and he'll continue to show us those things. So we're going to take a little bit of a turn and look at some of the dialogue out of Matthew that Jesus was having with the Pharisees because Jesus was, was casting out a demon. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 12. And Jesus' response, because they're talking about Beelzebub, which literally means Satan. And Jesus responds, he says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. We're talking about not just a revelation of a kingdom of God in a person, but literally the casting out of demons is a manifestation of the kingdom of God. It's like Jesus said, kingdom come, will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so you see Jesus making reference to that. And then he goes on and he says, or how can anyone enter the strong man's house? So he goes not just from a person, but then we're talking about a house. We're looking at this today, not just with an individual house, but that which has to do with a territory. So how can he enter a strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man and then he'll plunder his house? So what we're looking at today is, well, what, what does it mean to bind the strong man? What are some things that need to take place so that that strong man in a territory can be bound and then plunder it? So basically take all of his effects and then annihilate those effects so that we can go to the place where you started this whole podcast. What would it look like if there was no demonic activity going on in a region? 
So we're learning to pray. We're learning to proclaim good things. And if we finish then with this passage in Matthew chapter 12, we're going to look in verse 43. I think this whole passage is the context of it, is the whole of it. What's sandwiched between these two thoughts is important to us. We won't break all that down. But then he goes in verse 43 and he says, Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. It does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house, which I came. So if you look at that then, I will return to the territory from which I was cast out. And I'm going to go back and see what's going on. And he says, and when it comes, it finds it is unoccupied. Literally, the word unoccupied means it's like it's, it's idle. It's become a place of almost leisure. It's become this place where nobody's paying attention anymore. And even swept. And so it's put in order. But it's like cleaning a house but then not coming in and putting in the house what needs to be put there. If we talked about that as an individual, it basically means that person needs to be able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, know that they're filled with the Holy Spirit so that demon can't come back. In this case, we're talking about then a territory, and what is it that will occupy that? He says, then it goes, takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in, live there, and the last state of the man becomes worse than the first. This is the way it will also be with this evil generation. So that last comment automatically broadens it from the place of, of one man. So we're talking about in this case, and that's the reason we call this occupying force, is because, okay, we want to see demons cast out of regions, out of territories. When they're cast out, then there has to be an occupying force. There's got to be people that are ready to move in, take their place in the church, but outside of the church, and become a force then that's going to pay attention. They're going to continue to watch. They're going to continue to say, okay, wait a minute, it looks like something's creeping in. Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do about it? We have four things here that we've looked at that are a beginning to casting out demons in a nation or in your territory. First, prayer and prophetic proclamation. Second, unity, coming together with others in the community for the sake of Christ. Three, the importance of information and research about the darkness that's there. And four, learning to pray for and proclaim good things. We'll continue next week as we talk about seven ways that you can pray for community transformation. We have resources that are in our show notes. So you can go to cpnshows.com to our Occupying Force page. And for each episode, we have show notes that are in addition to just the description of this podcast. We invite you to go there. There are links for books that we recommend on the topics we're teaching. There's links to our website other podcasts that are related to what's there. So go ahead and join that. The other thing we want to do is invite you to an upcoming course that we have called City Transformation Through Prayer. This is going to be a Zoom class that's going to begin in October on the 4th. And again, in the show notes, it will be there, or you can go to our website, www.watchmenarize.com to find out more. Thanks for listening.